Well, I'm glad that you're here. Everybody survived the fourth. Everybody hold up hands. Got all fingers. All right. That's good. Awesome. Uh, fantastic. I'm glad. We only had the cops called on us one time. Um, literally had some, some of the staff and some families from the church over and uh, got the cops called on us. But that's all right. We love that. It makes for a great sermon illustration. <clears throat> got to work that, you know. And I'm glad that you're here today. Man, it's a beautiful week, beautiful day. It's a great way to start your week this morning is uh, giving some time solely to God, asking him to speak to your life. Because isn't that the truth that one word, one word set the direction for our week, our month, our year, one word from God, one, one thing that he speaks to our spirit. That's been our prayer all week as it is every week through the worship, through the message. Maybe it's somebody shaking hands or greeting you, a worker saying hi, a volunteer saying hello, something like that, that. Through that process, God would open your heart and get to speak to you through all the things that are going on in life. So today we're in the middle of this series, Summer at South Point. And the whole theme of this series is to allow us, to help us, to motivate us, direct us to follow God's spirit better. That's the whole entire goal of that. And what's great is, whether you know it or not, did you know this entire Bible is about the same thing? It's helping us to understand how to follow God better. So I pray that today that, uh, that it helps you, that it helps you to take a step forward in God and to follow him better. We're going to start off, I'm going to read you a little bit out of Acts 19 because this is the same thing that every week, every month, every year people still uh, struggle with and still have these questions. It says this, Acts 19 is kind of toward the end of the book. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, so Apollos went to Corinth. Paul took another road through the interior and he arrived at Ephesus. Then he found some disciples and said, and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, nope, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And so many times it's funny because when we started this series, this is exactly the kind of comments that I would receive. People say, well, I'm excited about this series because I know nothing about the Holy Spirit. I've been in church my entire life. And that's exactly why we're walking through this series. So that whatever the topic is or whatever the subject is that we talk about, we hope to bring the connection between you and God's Spirit, between us and God's Spirit. God's Spirit's with us. He's helping us. He's leading us through all of this. And we don't want to just follow the God's Spirit. We want to find out who He is in our life, right? We want to find out what He's done in our life. And in fact, God's given us... um, some gifts in our life, one of them being the Holy Spirit. But I, I want to talk to you real quick, just kind of set the stage for the three big gifts that God's given each one of us today. All right? This is in your orange bulletin. If you have some notes in there, want to grab those and follow along with us, great. If not, you can doodle. It's a doodle page also. It's notes to your notes to your person sitting next to you. Isn't that funny? We haven't changed. We, we get on to teenagers for that, and us adults will do the same thing. Of course, we call it texting now, but anyways, we do the same thing. God has some incredible gifts. Today we're going to be talking about understanding spiritual gifts, but I want to set the stage with the big picture of gifts. As we start talking about the Spirit of God, I want to set the stage for the big picture of gifts. And here's the first one. The first one is eternal life. That's the first gift that God has given us. From His own mouth, from His Son's own mouth, from the Holy Spirit itself, God has given us the gift of eternal life. That's what Romans 6.23 says. It says, The wages of sin is death. You know what wages are, right? That's what you earn. 
It's, it's important the way the correlation that Jesus brings with this and God brings with this because he wants us to understand the difference between earning something and a gift, right? So he starts off with the, the wages of sin in Romans. The wages of sin is death. But, everybody say but. Aren't you glad there's some buts throughout the scriptures there to help turn this around? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And he draws that correlation, Paul does right here in Romans, because he wants you and I to understand that we earn punishment from sin. But Jesus said, hey, I'm not going to make you pay for that. I'm going to give you a gift. I'll give my life instead so that you could have all the potential God's got for you. I thought I'd get a lot bigger amen out of that. But that's all right. We're warming up this morning. We're good with that. Y'all just get your voices ready. This is a good message this morning, all right? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And it goes on in Ephesians 2.8, and it says this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. We haven't earned it. It's something that God's given us. And that, that's the eternal life. That's the, the phrase that helps us to understand that this life that you're living right now, this investment, this learning to follow the Spirit that we're talking about all this summer, that's not in vain. It's going to go on for eternity. You're going to get to add to it your entire physical life and then your entire spiritual life. You, the gift of God is eternal life, not just laying down when our bodies give out in the grave and that's it. We get to continue to have a relationship with him. We get to take away the, the physical distractions and live with him spiritually forever. Isn't that incredible? It's exciting. You know, I remember, how many remember some good gifts you've got in your lifetime? You remember some really good ones? Like I, I remember when I was five, I remember getting my BMX bike. It had extra cushion on it. You know, your BMX and you got to jump and all that kind of stuff. I, I raced a little bit. Um, I remember paying my dollar entry fee and writing my number on my paper plate and then the, us taping that to my handlebars. I remember that bike. I remember it's plain as day. It's, it's probably only about this big, although I remember it about this big, you know. I remember, I remember at 10, I remember getting our goat cart. My dad bought me and my sister a goat cart. That was incredible. I if you were here during the Christmas series, you got to see some pictures of that. Flying in the Indianapolis 500. I was cruising on that. And then when I was 12, I got my first shotgun. Yeah, all the men go, oh, yeah. That's a real gift. I remember some big gifts in my life. I remember those things. But God wants us to understand that the greatest gift of all, before we get into spiritual gifts, before we get into other things throughout Scripture, the greatest gift of all is eternal life. It's a relationship that starts here and lasts for eternity. It never ends. We never go to sleep. Never quits, never goes on pause. It's forever. Amen? Isn't that good? That's good. The second gift is this, is the Holy Spirit. Acts 4 or Acts 1 tells us this in verse 4. It tells us, Jesus speaking here, it says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Everybody say gift. Aren't you glad you serve a God that gives gifts? Isn't that good? Do you realize how many times throughout Scripture he's given us gifts? But wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, and in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is going away, and he understands. I can't talk all this talk and talk about all these eternal things and then leave these people alone. There are 
thousands of believers, followers that want to follow Christ. And the only way that we're going to be able to make it is with the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we're going to, in a couple of weeks, we're going to actually talk about that some more. We're going to get into that a little more. But here's the one we're going to focus on today. The third one, the gift that God gives us is this, spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 says it like this. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. About your neighbor and say he's talking about you. It's exactly the reason Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians. He's trying to let them know, listen. I've been around a little bit. I know that there's some misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. I know that some people don't even know about the Holy Spirit. So I want to set the record straight. And Paul uses some some of these next chapters, which our men's Bible study, we're on, I think this week we're on chapter 12 in our men's Bible study on Wednesday night. He's wanting us to understand some things about the Holy Spirit. When you talk to people nowadays about the Holy Spirit, you get a lot of different answers. Some are biblical. And some are not. Some are about feelings or experiences versus what God's Word says. See, there's, there are people even that believe that all the gifts of the Spirit, they died when the apostles died. Even though it never says that in Scripture, there are people that believe that they're called uh, They're called people that believe that the Holy Spirit... <laughs> I almost... I remembered it. It's a joke in our family. When I try to remember something, there's a wall that goes up. Suc- success... Well, we're going to move on, and we're going to look that up later. Somebody will holler that out for me. Cessationist, yes, because they they don't believe that anymore. Thank you, Michael. There's our apologetics pastor right there. (laughs) Uh, They believe that the Holy Spirit doesn't give gifts anymore, that that was for a, a single amount of time. And if you look throughout church history, you even get to see a little bit that throughout church history. About a thousand years ago, the church uh, in the world. They decided that uh, we need to hire professional leaders in the church called clergy. How many have ever heard of that? Uh, clergy is actually not even a, it's not a biblical name, but it's, it's a name that the church aspired to hire professional leaders, professional shepherds that would be able to tell the people so you don't have to read it, the layman, you don't have to understand, you don't have to have the gifts, that the, the clergy would have the gifts and they would do the necessary work of God. But if you keep reading in church history, you get into the 1500s, the late 1500s, and you understand there is a reason for the Protestant Reformation. There's a reason because somebody got a hold of the Bible and they started reading it and they said, hold on a minute. That's not what Scripture says. That's what people feel and that's what people have heard and that's what people have taught. But the Bible doesn't tell us that it's for one group only. The Bible says it's for everyone, that God gives gifts to everyone. In fact, in the Old Testament, God gave gifts to a few select people. But in the New Testament, Jesus said, I'm going to pour out my gifts on all people. Aren't you glad? I'm glad. I'm very glad that he said, I'm going to give gifts to everyone. Let me give you a definition of a spiritual gift. This will help us all get on the same page before we, before we explain a few spiritual gifts. A spiritual gift is a special natural, supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together, everybody yell together. It's key for me. So that together we can advance his purposes in the world. I love that. That's exactly what when we get up and whether it's Pastor Michael or Pastor Jenny or myself speaking, whoever is speaking, when we get up and speak or when we sit in a staff meeting and we create a different branch of ministry or another department, every one of them comes back to this right here. Comes back to how will it help us 
help you use your spiritual gifts. That's the purpose, the purpose of South Point Church. If you, when you go to Growth Track, which is our three-week kind of get-to-know South Point, get-to-know-your-spiritual-life class, three-week class during our second service, everybody should go through that, no matter how long you've been a Christian. You really ought to go through that about every five years because in different stages of life, things hit you different. You address it different. But in that class, we talk about the spiritual gifts. We do a, a spiritual gifts assessment. It allows us to see, look, look what God's doing in my life. And the very reason for that is, is so that we can help you or if, if we don't have an area of ministry for your spiritual gift, we find one. If we can't find one, we create one. Do you know that? Because we want you to grow in the gifts that God's created you to. Like, it's the reason that, that I'm up here and I'm not in the nursery. When I was a youth pastor about 20 years ago, I got rooked it. I got asked politely. <laughs> or my favorite cartoon character. As I got hornswoggled into work in the nursery, it just proved that I don't want to. That's not my gifting, working with two-year-olds. I would need more tape and more chairs, all right? It just tape them down and say, eat your goldfish. Mom will be back in an hour, all right? That's how we're gonna, aren't you glad I'm up here today? Not back there. But with that said, it makes me appreciate so much more the gifts of everybody else. I, I can't. I tried. The first diaper I ever changed, my, my children's. The last diaper, I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe grandkids. It's, it's not in my wheelhouse. It's not part of my makeup. I force myself to do it. I can, but, but it doesn't feed me. And what's great about the dream team, all of our volunteers, everybody that's serving, is this very thing. We're praying that you discover your spiritual gifts and begin to use those in areas first and foremost in God's purpose, what he's doing on this planet, and then throughout your families, then throughout your careers. Let people see what God's doing in your life through all of your life. Amen? That's why we do what we do at South Point for that. So if you, if you would say, well, how do, how do I do that? How do I take my spiritual gifts and use those? That's what the second half of this message is all about today. Understanding our spiritual gifts. So let me give you three things to help us. Those things in your notes that will help us greatly. Number one is this. Discover the gifts God has for me. Discover those gifts. Romans 12 says that we have different gifts according to the grace given us. We all have different gifts according to the grace given us. That's why we push growth track. That's why you hear about it a couple of times a month from this stage, on the announcements, online. Hey, if you haven't been a part of growth track, you need to be a part. If you've attended here for two weeks or 20 years and haven't been a part of growth track, sign up, be a part of growth track so that we can help you discover your spiritual gifts. Amen? It's hard to use what you don't know you have. Okay, didn't get any amens on that. That's all right. It's hard to use the gifts you don't even understand you have. Growth track is not there to, to say this is your only gift or these are your two main gifts. It's to say here's the direction that you've answered your giftings are in. And it helps you to discover when you well, hey, if that's the case, then I want to serve in the tech booth. Okay, maybe you serve in the tech booth for three months and you go, nope, I don't enjoy that. Great, we want to get you out of there. You know why? Because you don't enjoy it. We want to get you to a place that as you are serving and as you are feeding, you're also being fed. That's how that works. So as you try things, so you may try this ministry or try this ministry. We may not have it here. You may say, hey, I want to, I want to go down to nursing homes and help people. Or I want to go downtown and, and feed people or whatever the situation is. We have thousands of outlets for that. And through that, it will help you discover your gifting. 
Not what Scott's gifting is or your spouse's gifting or your kid's gifting, but your gifting. The place that when you give out, when you interact with others and serve others, that it's just as much feeding you as it is them. That's what discovering your gifts are all about. Listen to David says it in Psalm 139, which is incredible. David is starting to, in the last years of his life, he's starting to connect the dots. He's starting to connect the dots between what God has given him in his life and who he is. Listen to what he says. He says, for you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You understand? He's starting to see the divine in his natural. Does that make sense? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Like I'm starting to see your hand at putting me together. I just thought this was an accident, but there aren't any accidents. I didn't think there was any gifts, but there are gifts. God has done this on purpose. He's created each one of us on purpose for his purpose. Amen? Listen to the rest of it. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. David is understanding. Listen, God has a purpose for every one of us. And a huge part of that is just discovering what that gift or two or ten may be in our lives. That supernatural thing, that insight, that joy that will help us. That will help us to, to reach out to people. And, and I want to I let you know too. As you discover gifts, some people get very cautious because depending on how you were raised and what was taught uh, to you growing up about spiritual gifts, you may say, well, I'm, I'm not sure that I want that. And let me just say, I believe everybody wants the gifts of God. I believe everybody wants it. There's one that scares people because of people, and that's tongues, right? But if I said, hey, would you like the gift of wisdom in your life? Everybody, oh, my goodness, yes. How about some peace? Would you like the gift of peace? The Bible says that there's gifts of faith. And how about if you've ever left the doctor's, doctor's office with a bad report, how many want the gift of healing right then and there? You understand what I'm saying? Like the right situation. I, I want those gifts of God. So here's what I would encourage you. Don't let the enemy, don't let the enemy take a situation or a lesson from your past or something that somebody said and scare you away from possibly the greatest single relationship you have with God in your life, your spiritual gift. Seeing God operate in you, seeing the Holy Spirit work in you to do things you're not able to do. Amen? Don't be afraid of that. God's got gifts for you. The second one is this, to develop the gifts God has given me. 1 Corinthians 14 says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's, that's my question. I read a quote last night, I sure won't remember it, from Pastor Chris Hodges, who said, I'm training myself so that my prayers are not about me and not for me, but what God can do through me. And the greatest place that you'll ever be in your life is not to be lifted up and exalted because you're amazing, but it is, it is as you develop your spiritual gifts for you to see God in you. The greatest value that I ever feel in my life is, is not when other people appreciate me. It's when people see God in me. Amen? Oh, It's like, okay, great. I have purpose. Because I get tired of Scott, believe it or not. I get disappointed in Scott. But when I can see that, oh, look what God's doing. That is incredible. Just the other day, you're going to hear something trivial that was supernatural for me. The other day, our church got hit by lightning. And it, and it threw 
uh, all of, when I came in Monday morning, all of our lights were out. None of the, none of the lights in the halls would work, but the, some of the lamps were on. And I'm like, what's going on here? It's like outer body experience. I'm looking around and like, none of the lights work? Why is that electricity working? And the phone rings and all this kind of stuff. And so I walk back to the breaker room and I'm looking. I switch all the light breakers. They're, they're not getting any power and I can't figure it out. And so after about 20 minutes, I'm totally drenched from being in that hot room back there. Can't figure it out. Checked all the breakers. Checked everything. I said, all right, Lord. I guess it's so bad I got to pray for this. Kind of joking, you know. Said, will you just give me insight? And right as soon as it came out of my mouth, God said, look behind you. And I, not verbally, but just in my heart, you know, just kind of like look behind you. I looked, and there was our big breakers, which are totally covered up by junk that we put in front of them. because we never touch them. We haven't touched them in 10 years. And I walked over and I looked, and the panel on the wall that said lights on it, there's a giant breaker that says lights on it. And it was off. And I, it almost brought me to tears. It wasn't... Raising somebody out of the hospital bed miraculously. But I knew that I knew that I knew. In that moment when I said, all right, I'm going to give God a chance to do something. In my life. God, would you show me? Wow. And I turned that break on and all the lights came on. Isn't that amazing? Like the greatest value I have in this world is understanding that God is using me. Like God, you heard me. Woo! That's it. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like that's the greatest. He doesn't do that every time. I don't understand why. Because if, if it was up to me, he would do that every time I prayed. But I, I, I probably wouldn't even have it that way because I would get spoiled. Just like my kids do if I give them everything they want. Take time throughout your life on purpose, intentionally develop the gifts that God has given you. Second Timothy, Paul told Timothy, who he left as a, as a campus pastor, in his second letter, 2 Timothy, Paul encouraged Timothy. He says this, for this reason, because life is busy, you have a lot of emotional stress, your bills are due, your car's going to break down, your kids are crazy, all of that kind of stuff. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is already in you. It's in you. The gift of God. When you say, yes, Lord, I want to live for you, the Holy Spirit is in you, and he wants to start developing those gifts. And sometimes that fan into flame, that is, hey, I'm going to do something intentional. I'm going to stop in front of these breakers. I'm trying to do it all myself. I'm going to stop and I'm going to say, Lord, will you lead me? I'm going to give God a chance to develop my ear for him, my heart for him, my saying yes for him. I'm going to give God a chance. Amen? Fan into flame. The third and last one is this. Probably the most important of it all is to use the gifts God has given me. This is our number one assignment on this planet. Can I tell you that? Use those three letters. Use the gifts. Don't just hold them in. Oh, church, how bad? How bad will we feel if we get to heaven and we stand in front of God? How bad? How crazy? How sad would it be? How much regret would there be if we stand in front of God? And he said, man, you, you did pretty good. I mean, you were faithful and, and you served and you led a life, you know, mostly without sin and you read my word. But did you know that like, I gave you a bucket full of gifts in your life. There were things that only you could do in your neighborhood or in your family. And you never put those to use because you were scared or you were nervous or you heard somebody say something when you were 10 about the Holy Spirit and that freaked you out or whatever. Instead of saying, God, I want what you have for me. I have never in my life, I'm scared of a few people, but I have never been scared of God in my life. He wants nothing but good for us. Amen?
He wants us to use those gifts. Listen, 1 Peter 4 says this. I love this verse. In the New Living Translation especially, it says, God has given gifts to each of you. Each of you. I love that. You need to underline that. God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Let me, let me just say, in the Bible, there's 27 or so spiritual gifts listed. But can I tell you, that's just meant to give an overview it's not an exhaustive list. God can do whatever he wants. How many times did he light a bush on fire and speak out of it? How many times did he speak through the donkey? How many, you know, God just does what needs to be done. And if he has people that are willing to be used, his spirit would raise up in you and turn around, maybe look at a breaker box instead of, I was this close. In fact, I'd already looked up a couple of electricians. Could have cost us thousands of dollars. Who knows if we got a, a really honest person or a dishonest person that came in, flipped the breaker, and then went and had coffee for two hours and charged us for that. God knows. Give him an opportunity to use his gifts that he's given you in your life. Listen, listen to the second half. It says, manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Your job is to manage them. Your job is to, to discover them, to develop them, to use them, to manage the gifts that God's already put in you, to manage the, the spiritual, the supernatural that kind of weirds us out sometimes because it's not natural. We're really used to natural. I can go get a book and I can go right down the list on how to use natural, right? But when it comes to supernatural, it's kind of a moving target in our lives. It's a gray area. We don't understand it. And that's where faith steps in. That's where it says, you know what, Lord? Your word says it and I believe it. So that settles it. Amen. I am going to believe, I am going to trust, and I'm going to develop these gifts, and I'm going to manage them in my life. I'm going to look for opportunities in my church. I'm going to look for opportunities in my family. I'm going to look for opportunities in life to use what you have given me. You know, if you would have looked at my life, so many of you have heard so many ridiculous stories from me growing up and all that. I'm the one that gets to tell all of my goodies. But if you had seen me, videos of me in junior high or high school or college, this is not the path I was on. This isn't it. But you can, you can ask anybody, especially my wife who was there the next week after I became a believer. I threw everything out and said, Lord, all I want, all I want is to be used by you. And I didn't think any of those things, junior high, high school, or college, would ever lead here. But you know what's funny? The very things that I used to get in trouble for in junior high, high school, and college are the very gifts that God developed to bring me to this platform. The very things that get in trouble. Your pastor has spent time in in-school suspension for this. And now, it's my career. When you put it in God's hands, God will shape your life, encourage your life, and then because your life becomes a light, others will be drawn to what he's doing in you. Anything you ever see in Scott Morris, or Jenny Morris, or the Lapines, or the Lees, or the Rogers, anything you ever see in this staff, it's not because we're clergy. It's because God is in us. Just like he's in you and every person in this room. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, our hearts are hungry for you. When I read this word, so many different scriptures throughout Old Testament, New Testament, for thousands of years, 
It makes me hungry, Lord, to develop and use the spiritual gifts you've given us. Nothing more than you, nothing more that you want to see in our lives than for the gifts you've given us to come out. There's nothing more really than we want, Lord, to see you in us, to know that you're there, you're listening, you're guiding us, you're directing us, you're using our lives for your purpose. So, Lord, I pray for everyone in this room today. I pray that something supernatural would happen right now, that your Holy Spirit would be fanned into flame in our lives, that our desire, we would become eagerly desiring spiritual gifts. Lord, not just this one hour, not just this time in our our church body, in our church service, but when we're church outside these walls, when I'm church at home this afternoon, when I'm church at work this week, when we go to church at school, wherever I take myself, me, the church, wherever we go as the church, that you would use us. Help us to discover our spiritual gifts, Lord. Help us to discover them through serving, through loving, through helping. And through that process, would you develop them in our lives, Lord? Would you fine-tune them to help us understand that you have a purpose for every single person on this planet? It's to help each other with our spiritual gifts. Lord, we love you today. We love you because you loved us so much you gave us the gift of eternal life. You love us so much when you left, you gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And through that gift, you have given us spiritual gifts. You didn't say they were tools. You didn't say they were duties. You said they were gifts. A gift or beginnings of a deeper relationship with us and you. I pray that each one of us today would discover, develop, and use our spiritual gifts. Eyes still closed. Let me, I'm going to pray one more prayer before we dismiss today, before we sing a song. Pray one more prayer. Because I want to pray for salvation today. Because there may be somebody in this room that isn't saved, that hasn't opened their hearts and asked Jesus to come in and save them from this world, save them from themselves, save them from the enemy. And if that's you, and say, Scott, today, and I, you may be 25 or you may be 95 or somewhere in between. Today, I'm opening my heart and I'm asking Jesus to come into my life. Will you pray for me? I'm not going to have you stand up or make you come to the front or anything. Will you just give me a little wave and it lets me know today that's me, Scott. I'm taking that step. If that's you, just slip your hand up and let me know. When you pray, you're praying for me, Scott. I'm opening my life and letting Jesus in. gets old, that we get the opportunity to open our hearts and let you come in one more time. And I pray today for those that, that raise their hand in this room, that they're meaning business with you this morning. Lord, they've, they've heard your spirit speaking to their heart and they want what you have. So I pray this morning as they open up their lives, that you'd come into their life, just like your word says, that you'd forgive them of their sin, that you would 
recreate their heart, their motive, their agendas for this world. Show them that you love them, Lord. Show them that you have given them gifts and that you have given them a purpose on this planet. Pray that from this day forward, they would look for ways to develop and use the gifts you've given them. We love you, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. And everybody in this room said amen. Amen, amen, amen.